Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast, where we talk about creative news, freelance goodies, AI, and all of the good creative news out there. My name is Sean. My fellow over here is... Fitz. And Fitz. then we have, to, <laughs> we have today a guest, actually, and it's Trevor. Trevor Creative. And yeah, so we will talk quickly about some news that are currently going on. And I think Sean should lead with that because he did a little bit of research. Yeah, yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about AI. There's, you know, there's just some new news in, in that world um, as kind of some people are banding together to, to maybe pause AI or, or kind of slow it down. Um, and then we're also talking about things like, you know, what is, um, what is kind of the ecosystem of the internet and how do, how do we kind of get ready and adopt that? And then we also just talk to um, Trevor about his world, his creativity, and kind of his plans of what he's going to do next. So, so yeah, yeah, listen up. Yeah. So let's jump right into it. So you mentioned like there is a pause on AI. What, what does that mean? And can you explain a little bit more, Sean? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so we've definitely um, been following AI for for this entire year of it going up and down. And it's it's kind of scared a lot of people. Um, yeah. And so what's interesting, though, is now you're seeing Elon Musk, who is actually the co-founder of OpenAI. You're seeing Steve Wozniak of, of Windows. They've all now come out in just the last day and they've um, they've signed a letter urging um, a six-month pause on AI um, due to the profound risks to society. And I, I just think it's really funny, the, the people that kind of helped fund the original AI kind of planning is are now trying to put up the brakes and say, hold on, hold on, this actually may have some bad outcomes. Um, yeah. yeah, what's your guys' thoughts? Trevor? Uh, well, I mean, it's like, it's Pandora's box. You've already opened it, so... <laughs> you like it's a, like it's cool that they signed a letter and everything like that and are now you know once it's already too late being like oh maybe we should really think about what we're doing guys i mean sorry it's happened it's already out there and everybody's already implementing it into all of their uh platforms and systems so yeah. Literally, like it's coming to the point where in 2023, if you're not implementing AI into your workflow in some way or another, you're kind of getting left behind. So, yeah. like, just to, to, I mean, a well-intentioned letter, it's it's just way too late. Yeah, I, yeah. I think like uh, in general, like, sorry for interrupting, Sean. I think like right now, all the companies are even rolling out features, like Google, Microsoft, rolling the features out to people who don't even know that there's even AI in Bing or in Google. And it's like kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to be clear, this pause um, is, is almost an answer to GPT-4. So so even in this, this letter itself, they kind of talk about how GPT-4 needs to be kind of the final step before there's regulation, I guess, is, is kind of the biggest concern. There's no regulatory body over the AI right now. And so right now, um, you know, OpenAI has been very good about putting their things out in public for everyone to kind of see and play with, but there's no regulations, there's no laws, there's there's very little rules and in, in, in able to handle it. So I think that's the biggest thing everyone's tr trying to give the pause for is just so the government can kind of catch up because as we know, the government doesn't know anything about technology most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it I think a... we, we saw a pretty good showcase of that with the, uh, yeah, those TikTok hearings. <laughs> uh, girl, like, are you saying that your app connects to Wi-Fi? Oh, you've watched well, them? Yeah, I mean, that's how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw the highlights. It. I, I'm, I wasn't gonna be able to sit through all that, but like, just like the questions that they're asking is like, your yeah. your your camera turns on when they're using the app. Like, yes, this is how these. Yeah. This is how the app works. Clearly, you've never touched it, or you know, 
most any other smartphone apps. So, so, so do you guys think six months is long enough? Do you think that's a, enough pause, really, even, for the government to, I guess, get their ducks in a row? I mean, it just Not seems really. too little too late, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think the ducks will ever get in a row, so six months will just be a pause, I guess, if they even do one. I don't even... I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and so 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 I guess really, yeah, this that this thousand signatures on a note probably won't do anything, right? It's not gonna really pause anything. I feel like the toothpaste is already out of the bottle. I mean is there also, a way to pause this? I mean <laughs> Yeah, it just makes it worse too, because like all the good people who are signing that, they have the best intentions. That are the people who are like you know, Elon is like a big opponent against AI, but he also feels like, hey, we have to develop it, we have to have control over it, that's why it's open source and everything but now all those for-profit companies they're not bound by any other people's letter they just take the open source thing do whatever they want with it and they're just like we didn't sign anything so you give us now a head start on that thing and i think it's actually like terrifying in an aspect because they will lose control in their lead and somebody else will basically take the lead and yeah they maybe mess it up or don't mess it up i don't know you see what i mean well, yeah, and obviously there's just big security concerns, right? Because we just we assume this in the creative world and the business world that yeah, it's going to be misused. But I mean, it's already being used right now to fool uh, captcha r robots on websites. Um, it's it's already being used by by people that are just using it to put out spam and things. So I think there's a there's this bigger problem where it's like we just invented like the machine gun and it's readily available to everyone. And we're like, oh wait, maybe we should put some regulations so not everyone can get a machine gun. Um, so, yeah, which is also a touchy topic, I guess, in America. But um... <laughs> freedom. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I think that I'm wondering if maybe the reason that they did it was because, um, like, when all these when all these AI generators first came out, and you were able to create images, but they always had like a like a coating of AI on them, like extra fingers on hands, like eyes were weird, like they couldn't quite do everything the right way. Um, but now. Apparently, like with some of these latest uh, steps up in the AI yeah. game, this just looking like photos and real videos. I'm sure are coming next. Uh, they're so... already out there. Like um, Sean and I, we're sending back and forth. Like sometimes, like some articles, and we're like, "Oh, there goes our career." You know, like I think the latest update was like you can draw on a napkin, like a website design, and AI is just producing a website design of a napkin drawing. And then there's yeah. the video, like, "Oh, picture, animate that picture." tell what the picture should do and it becomes a video i'm just like the future is interesting yeah well and the thing that kind of scares me because I've, I've caught you a few times fits in this in this kind of world of of people are already going to ai first they're yeah. they're like instead of even researching what this thing would cost to actually do it or are asking their network they're they go straight to ai and i've even caught myself a few times just being like, eh, let's just go straight to AI. Like, why even try? Why even give any attempt to be creative? I'll just go to AI. And I think that's yeah. where it kind of gets scary in our world is it's it's quickly becoming a crutch and not a tool. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people where that's already becoming a thing. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, and this is all in the backdrop of, you know, Facebook has just cut, what, 8,000 jobs? Microsoft has cut 12,000 jobs. Disney's cutting a ton of jobs. I mean, it's kind of this obvious you know there's like almost an armageddon for the white collar worker i think that's coming i mean what do you guys think of that do you think like the white collar people are gonna go through a mass extinction event here soon i mean 
change is in the happening, you know, and we kind of have to kind of adapt to it. And you mentioned like Facebook um, being like, oh, we have to cut jobs and they're actively like lobbying against TikTok and other social media platforms. And that's why we have now TikTok in front of Congress. And as we already said, it's like a debacle kinder. And I think like there's a lot of change to happen in social media in general. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to like say that, yes, white collar jobs should probably feel uh, absolutely terrified at this point because a lot of them are replaceable. Like I would say, I just read a stat. I like obviously is this predictive, and who knows whether how true it is. But like eighty percent of white collar jobs could be replaced with in the near future by AI. Um, but you know that it's not even limited to white collar. In my opinion, we've have all these uh, nice new advancements in robot technology. Um, it's going to get to a point where we can replace military, I believe, um, oh. with robot soldiers. Uh, you can send it or. Uh, you know, uh, low wage workers can be replaced by robot workers, um, like at your McDonald's, at your, you know, at your restaurant, if they have the ability to see where they're going, hold objects, move them around, interact, swipe your card on them, then, you know, I mean, it, it's not even limited to, to, you know, any sort of type of job. It's, it's all there. All the ingredients well, yeah. are there. Well, we saw it in the blue collar space first, right? I mean, when you had the automatic checkouts, I actually went to Indianapolis airport this last week and it kind of shocked me. They don't even have a, a person doing the register at all at the McDonald's in that airport. It was just a mm -hmm. kiosk. They, they didn't yeah. have anyone in the front. Um, so that's already, so, but that happened before. It was interesting. Like, I, I just feel like I, I was thinking like, oh, blue collars first on the chopping block, but us white collar people, we're up here. So the sea's going to rise, <laughs> but we're going to be up here making all the money. And it's, it's funny because I feel like it's been a big reversal, right? We're, we're still going to need construction workers before we need designers now. Um, just because I, I just feel like I've talked to a couple engineers where, where hardware always follows software. Like, Software is always like 20 years ahead of where the hardware is. Um, and I don't know why that is. I'm not, I'm not an engineer, but you know, I, I, it seems like, yeah, we all, all we do is think, right? Like we're not like acrobatics. We're not, you know, we kind of sit here, we use these two things, these two hands and we, we just try to create stuff. Um, but yeah, it seems like we're on the chopping block cause we don't physically have these complex movements that we're, we're really doing anymore. We're a lot of our stuff's happening in our mind. Um, so yeah, it's scary. I mean, so have you used anything, Trevor? Is there any AI that you've, I guess, adopted in your flow? Um, so like a little bit, like I've been working ChatGPT into it some, uh, just kind of like helping me think through things or come up with ideas like um, for content. Uh, since I'm doing a lot of content creation these days, uh, I'll just, you know, hop on there with a specific like niche that I'm trying to create for. And be like, all right, I need 10 ideas, 20 ideas, 100 ideas for content for creating this thing. And it'll just spit them all out. Like five different this, three different that, uh, skit about this, skit about that. Like, it's all there. So it's like, I don't even have to, I don't even have to like waste my time, like come like brainstorming, coming up with ideas. It'll just, it'll just give me all the ideas right there. Now, I guess my question is, do you think those ideas are quality? Have you gotten some really good ideas out of that? You're like, dang, I wouldn't have thought of that. Oh Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're quality ideas because they're they're not they're not really fabricating them from whole cloth. I think they're pulling these concepts from things that are already existing out there, and then they're just applying like intelligent reasoning to you know how how this these kind of concepts and techniques would apply to whatever you're asking it about. So it's perfectly valid, and then it just comes down to execution. And yeah. if you're mm -hmm. doing it in a way that see, I mean, in a way, it's weird, like. 
the content creator might stick around for a while because we're still human and they have you know we're not to the point yet where we have that humanoid replacement out there like your neighbor is not a humanoid robot yet it will be eventually. <laughs> who knows First I mean, not real. They, <laughs> they won't need houses uh so it's but i'm sure the humanoid content creator is coming um but for now you know that's one that's one thing executing the ideas and and talking to clients and managing relationships and running the company that's still there yeah i think that's very powerful when you said like uh, managing clients and i think like that human interaction is kind of what will hold us together because like in the end it's like it's our job to provide a service what the service is and what we're doing in the service it's like kind of like whatever because like if there's an ai tool that we are managing but the client has no idea or does not want to manage like ai then we're still like the middleman and there's always like middlemans in a way if that makes sense so that that kind of gives me hope for the future <laughs> i mean that's certainly true in a way because i think that not a lot of people want to invest all their time to figuring out this kind of stuff and if you've already figured it out and you're pro providing a service then your job's at least safe for a swath of people anyway yeah i i mean like also on that note we we should like formally introduce trevor because like we kind of <laughs> slipped into this through the news and giving opinions to it so trevor what do you do <laughs> so i run a uh, somewhat traditional digital agency um, we do things like website design, uh, branding graphics, brand strategy, uh, video production, stuff like that. Um, but then on top of that, what we're doing a lot of recently is content creation uh, for local businesses. You know, go in, do a session with them. Um, you know, that'll last about two weeks of content. Uh, go in there every two weeks, create new stuff, and just try to engage with the online local community. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Um, yeah, so what kind of got you started like in your creative journey? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, it might have been being left-handed. What? I did not know. Sean, canceled us here. We only right-handed. <laughs> the only right-handed people, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. Uh, Tell us more I about would, that. How does that yeah, affect? I, think, um... I don't know. I was, I was good at drawing when I was a kid. So like, I would, I mean, good. Is relative speaking because anyway um but i i like to draw and i like to do you know the arts and stuff like that and so i went to college for graphic design and uh because you know uh part of me wanted to be a lawyer because i thought i could like outwit people with, with like thinking and stuff but i don't think that was really meant to be um <laughs> But, so yeah i went to school for graphic design and then i uh, came out of there being a print designer so uh that kind of was the beginning of the journey um and part of my uh part of the like a lot of the things i learned in school doing graphic design like uh, uh photography classes and stuff like that they all kind of played a role in just like getting me prepared for a larger stage of visual creation or whatever um so everything everything after that i've had to learn on my own like uh website development i've had to learn on my own because i realized that print was not going to be a long-term strategy um content <laughs> creation uh kind of forced me to start to teach myself things about video shooting and video production and after effects and i'm still not trying to touch audio very much but i'm yeah. i have to dabble on occasion 
Yeah, it, it is a journey. It is a journey. And it's kind of funny because, like, we had, like, I think on the last podcast, another guy who started in print. And it seems like all web designers are kind of, like, based in the print era. So I'm just, like, kind of baffled about that. Yeah. So, I mean, especially in this age range, I would think. Yeah. Sean, Sean, you did, you did, did you start in print? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting, right? So, um, so it's almost like we all graduated and well, so for me it's interesting because I could have gotten a lot of different jobs in the digital world, but I kind of was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I want to do the cool stuff, which is in the print world, you know? So it's, it's funny. It's almost like we all left college and for whatever reason went straight to the print world. And then after about a year or two of that, we're all like, oh, this isn't going to make us money. We need to like move on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I know my journey um, yeah, was kind of all over the place, both digital and print. But yeah, now here I am doing fully digital for the most part. But yeah, it's weird. Everyone leaves art school and goes to the print world and then gives up and goes to the digital world. So I feel like really like an outsider. So first off, uh, so you both went to school. Also, the other guy who went to print uh, went to school. Uh, Trevor, was school worth it? Yay or nay? Was school in, worth it? Yeah, in hindsight. Now, I mean, like, if you would do, like, the same thing that you do right now, you know, and you could have, like, let's say, go to trade school, did not do school at all, and you kind of graduated, like, by self-taught into the situation, you think it was worth it or not? Like, from oh, the yeah. this time point out? Uh, yeah, I think it was 100% worth it. Um, gotcha. I was sort of forced to do a lot of things that I might not have forced myself to do and explore a lot of skill sets that I wouldn't have uh, explored otherwise. Um, so I have a lot of the, in my background, I have a lot of these sort of uh, skills that I've developed. And I mean, I, they've gotten rusty. You know, I've got a sketch pad and, you know, pencil over here that I was working on earlier. Um, this is actually a, uh, anybody who was in art class is a 6B, so pretty soft. Um, <laughs> That's really old school. Wow. Yeah, very smudgy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, see, I'm starting at the bottom right and working my way up because I'm a lefty, so I don't want to, like, smear it all over the place. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think the school was 100% worth it. I wish I would have done school differently. So if you've ever talked to me about my college experience, then you would know that I'm not uh, – I don't think I made the most of it, but it is okay. what it was. So – so what would you I do think... different though? Let's for all the people who are creatives right now and they're like deciding should I go to school or should I take a course, whatever. So what did you do in school wrong? You don't have to go into detail, but what did you do right or what would you wish you did differently? So did we have some actionable advice for people who are like, Hey, I want to be creative. <laughs> this is not gonna be what you expect. Give it to me. Um I I wish that I would have dumped my girlfriend before uh <laughs> Before going into college, uh, because um, I didn't socialize as much as I should have, and I didn't experience uh, as much relationship building in college as I should have. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't as social as I could have been. Um, I mean, the work and the classes were great. Uh, I probably would have chosen a different school, but make sure, I would just say anybody who's considering whether to go to school or not, just make sure you research the school that you're going to go to first and make sure that they have a strong program and what you're going there for. Um, but yeah, I, that, I mean, the school itself was great. I just would have done the social part different. <laughs> I didn't get the real college. I didn't get the real college experience. I feel like I, I had the same kind of um, way of, uh, and, I, and I may just be reading this from you, this maybe maybe was isn't true, but were you focused like on the grades? Were you kind of caught in that bubble? I feel like 
I, I was part, maybe sometimes part of the people that were just too caught up in like, I want to be the best one in the class, so I'm not going to go to the party tonight, or I'm not going to go to that thing, because... That doesn't sound like Sean. Sean sounds like, give me the body. <laughs> give me the body? Not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the oh, party. The I said the body. Well, that's you, Sean. That's after the party. That's the after party, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but no, I was not a, I was not really a bookworm. Um, I'm a procrastinator by nature, so I would wait till the end of, you know, test the next day, I start cramming, uh, projects due the next day, I'm staying up till 4am, um, but, yeah, I mean, just, um, so I mean, I wasn't- What were you doing, though? You weren't socializing? You weren't being a bookworm? What the heck were you doing? (laughs) I was probably playing video games and stuff, I don't know, watching movies, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I was, I was just kind of (laughs) lame, yeah. I feel like that happens though a lot. When I remember when I was a kiddo, there was like, what was it? Warcraft 2 or whatever? World, World of Warcraft? Yeah, not World of or Warcraft. Warcraft the, just yeah. Warcraft, I think. And it was a strategy game. And then there was Starcraft. And then there was other games. Yeah. And I spent probably like insane amount of hours on just video games. And I was like, the other day I thought like, what if I would not have spent like 20,000 hours on video games, for example? Like, where would I have been now? What would have been my skill set, you know? Like, in hindsight, the time that I wasted on like really cool, fun experiences on a computer, doing like computer stuff, but also like that must show somehow in life. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. You, sound like a, you sound like a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sure I'll tell that to my kids a lot, but that that can't change what we did. We had <laughs> yeah. fun. We had fun uh, blowing blowing up robots and slaying orcs and all that good stuff. Yeah. But it, all you can really do at this point is take what you just said and apply it to your daily life and decide how many how many video games you're going to play today and tomorrow and the next day. Yeah. I'm still going to play a little bit because I enjoy them, but not yeah. not yeah. so much that it takes away from our the, our goals, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and I, you know what I love about video games too now is when you and a lot of them when you save it tells you how much playtime you've done and, oh, and man that that, that just kicks me in the <laughs> ass when so I see dirty. that. Especially when it hits that twenty four hour mark, you're like, what in the hell am I actually doing? I need to stop this game right now. What am I doing? Rookie numbers. <laughs> Rookie numbers. Like my Apex Legends is at a thousand hours, and I'm like, goddamn. A thousand hours towards towards this podcast, even I can't even imagine that we. Would oh be yeah. Like, yeah, let's let's don't get me CNN started right on that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that one. Yeah, on that note, so what do you think are the trends now for the coming year? Because we we mentioned kind of like adapting. It seems like there's maybe a TikTok ban. So Trevor, what do you feel like will the future bring, and what do you want to focus on, kinder? Oh boy, I think you need to run that question by me again. So, so the future is changing. What do you think will happen oh. right now for the next year, and what do you focus on? Um, I uh, well, what I'm going to focus on is uh, building more content creation uh, relationships with companies in the area. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to start doing that more aggressively when I do finally upgrade my camera uh, on like a different level than I am right now. I'm also getting a new phone on Friday. What'd you get? <laughs> So, so what's the, what did you say? What are you getting? Oh, um, so I get uh, OnePlus. Okay. The brand so. is OnePlus. So the OnePlus like flagship was 11T, I think. 
Um, it has a Hasselblad camera in it for all the camera nerds out there. Nice, nice. Um, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, so that'll just, the only reason I bring it up is because that helps me with, you know, everything. creating content for clients, right? Yeah. A- everything, really. Um, so yeah, and then I'm going to add a more artistic element to things when I uh, upgrade my actual lens. Um, content creation and avoiding and trying to stay ahead of the great void uh, that's going to engulf us all. <laughs> oh, so, very, so I'm very inter- positive. I'm interested. So, so I, so I know you, Trevor, as kind of a web designer. And uh, last time we talked, which was already seven, eight months ago now, I think at this point, mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about you know you were going to use Lottie animations, things like that, putting animations in the web. But now I'm hearing you. It sounds like you're kind of wanting to shift gears more to to content, content, content of just kind of being this content resource for clients. Is, is this, are you going to make kind of a full jump to? To, to kind of content output, or are you still going to stay in the web design world as well? So, uh, so really, what what has happened is uh, not only did I get sort of step away from what you just described, but I'm also stepping away from I've been stepping away from photography in general as being a photographer. Um, I don't even really consider myself a photographer anymore, and it's actually it's like I had to sort of give that up uh, oh. and be like, I'm not trying to prove to everybody anymore that I can take great pictures. I know that I can. Um, so I'm going to kind of like let that go and focus on what's going to actually move my company forward. So my company is still doing the full agency stuff, the website stuff. Um, we're working on, we're starting, we're in the early phases of a new project right now for like a pretty big local client. Uh, and we're going to be doing the whole bells and whistles, you know, building it in WordPress as like a customized theme um, across the board, like uh, doing some of those Lottie files. Um, It's going to be like a very like high end sort of web experience. Um, So we're still doing that stuff and we're doing, you know, SEO stuff and do the branding and all that stuff. But the content creation focus is because we needed a unique uh, selling, a unique, what is it? A unique value proposition unique yeah. selling proposition. Um, we needed something to really stand out as a service to our to our clients that would get us in the door. I mean, that makes a, million... a lot of sense, like having yeah, providing a... everything kind of as a package. A... Yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's a tr- I'm running a traditional agency because that's where my heart is. But like I'm offering content creation for local businesses as a way to get in the door with them and start doing business with them and take something off their plate that I don't think a lot of branding agencies are doing. So there's people doing content and then there's branding agencies helping with major, major marketing campaigns and stuff like that. But like, I want to, I want to do that, that small thing that will help people out and get it off their plate. Uh, like on the smaller level as just like a, Hey, we're friends now. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so you're almost using kind of the, the content creation as a way to get in the door, which, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the best relationships I've ever had that led into big website designs, big branding things started from a postcard or a business card or we need it. We need this. And the designer messed it up and we're fired him this morning. Can you do this tonight? Um, so yeah, so it's not a bad idea to, to kind of be like, well, what do you need? And we'll just do that and we'll become friends that way. I think that's that's <laughs> not a bad marketing strategy because um, you'd be surprised. Yeah, how many how many huge tens of thousands of dollar projects starts from yeah a business card or one postcard or can you fix this address? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. So on that note, though, like now I'm kind of curious. So what made you jump? Yeah. Like what made you decide? Like I hang up now. Photography. You know what would be the the, the kicker moment where you're just like, was it Instagram not promoting and giving you the reach with video? Like you know, like the photos are not performing as well as video. Or what was your kicker? Um, it was really, it was really like. St- looking in the mirror and asking myself why I was prioritizing it over everything else. And so it's like, um, one of the things, one of the things that I really enjoyed the most early when I was like putting all this hustle into my, uh, my photo creation stuff was connecting with like larger local entities online like you know the city accounts and like the major like um social media hub accounts uh in the area and and so like i was creating all this content that they would share and they would you know we would establish these sort of relationships um but for me it was like about creating something beautiful because i'm the photographer um and so like i'm still you know i still take photos but like it came to a point where it was like am I trying to just prove myself to everybody that I can take a great picture? Cause I'm seeing all these other photographers pop up in the Tampa Bay area that are putting out like beautiful work. And, and then I'm like, and then I'm starting to feel like I'm sort of competing with them in a way, but it's not a competition really because we're all putting out our own unique spins on things. So then I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I feeling like I'm trying to compete? for the attention of people when really what I'm trying to do is run a company um, and come up with like an ongoing business model. So like I need to be able to start establishing some relationships that are paying me on an ongoing basis instead of chasing some sort of internet trophy uh, and like a red red icon with a number next to it, you know? Uh, How many new hearts I have on my cart, on my content. So yeah. it it was just a hard pill to swallow, but I I swallowed it. No, oh, super good. good. You did super <laughs> good. Yeah, because I think I, I know so many creatives that do that, where they get caught in this cycle of I just need to get likes and appreciation, and they're not thinking of yeah, you got to make money in this as well. And, and it seems like sometimes you know when you get too much outside of your lane, you actually hurt what's in your lane. When when people can't. You know, I, I had someone the other day say that, yeah, if someone can't simply describe you to another person in one sentence, you've lost that other person. So so if I'm going to recommend Trevor, like if I'm like, yeah, Trevor does websites and he does all this content management. And I, and I guess he actually takes pictures of a of lighthouse. I think I saw that the other day. And then he does <laughs> this these GIFs as well. So if it, if it gets too convoluted, even in the messaging, it's like, well, I don't. What, what, why do I pay Trevor for then? Is, am I going to take, you know, so I, so I think that's smart and it's hard. You're right. Cause you like doing the photos. It's not like you didn't lo- enjoy doing the photos. You, you got some, some, some fire from that, but yeah, it's hard to be like, you know what though? Maybe this shouldn't be part of the company. This should be its own yeah. thing. On yeah. that note though, I feel like you, you do like a lot of things right there. And I really like the aspect of like connecting like to other people. So do you have any like tips for let's say young creatives? Should they go to a meetup? What should they do? What is like the, the Trevor must do's to actually get in the door? You have like immerse your, like- yes, I would say immerse, figure out your target uh, market, like who you want to, who you want to talk. I have a new target mar- market of mine in mind, um, but let me use uh, Sarah, my my girlfriend, as an example. 
she is has already uh, established all these relationships within the dental space and so she knows all these people in the dental world and so she has a great uh, extensive marketing background you know it only makes sense at that point well who am i going to focus on i'm going to sell to dentists what i'm going to sell to dentists i'm going to sell you know content creation and build a company around that so i would say first thing you have to do is figure out who you want to t sell your product to and then just start immersing yourself in that in that community for a lot of people that might mean using linkedin engaging with people on linkedin that's where Ooh. a lot of business professionals tend to hang out yep but more importantly go to where they are at and hang out with them and drink with them if you would like to um or just at least hang out with them and engage with them and and talk to people and make friends yeah i i mean that makes a lot of sense i, I really like that and linkedin is kind of like a platform where i'm on but i don't really spend any time and effort in like building that um presence so what are your favorite social media apps in that aspect? Uh, for like engaging with people? Yeah, just in general. Like I kind of want to see what is your market, like your so, uh, social media like prioritization market, like where you put the time, what you think has the most value? Um, so every uh, social media platform is like a completely different audience, right? Which is yeah. weird because we're all on um, a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, we all uh, engage differently on them. So like, uh, I would say one of my lowest uh, worthwhile uh, platforms would be Facebook. Okay. Um, it just seems like kind of a, a lazy place. Um, Instagram is a creative place. So I like to put a little bit of eggs in that basket. Um, LinkedIn is a great place for people to have more serious conversations and actually share like worthwhile information and be genuine. Um, and then, you know, TikTok is just a cesspool of insanity. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I don't advise going there. It's insane. Uh, I mean, it's fun in, in a crazy way, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, LinkedIn and, and Instagram to me are sort of the most worthwhile gotcha, for me. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes a lot of sense because like everybody, uses social media in a different way like for me if i would make my value proposition like youtube is like the biggest one where i'm like i see the most value in it because i made the most money with it and then instagram just for like having the ability to reach out to anybody like that's how i think like how i connected with the most people like i would not even use linkedin like so that's how I, my linkedin is instagram so if i want to text somebody i i'm pretty sure i can be noticed by anybody if i really want to was like yeah. kind of weird so you have the role switched but yeah yeah so I'm, i mean everybody everybody plays them all differently but yeah. i think that's good and, and you mentioned youtube i think that's that's fantastic especially for what you do and i'll i'll probably uh do more youtube stuff in the near future but yeah, yeah. well i like I, I, yeah i like what you say about linkedin i mean i think that's something i know that i've i've started to do more of uh, kind of a pro tip i've started to do for for networking is is the day after networking for the longest time, I'd have all these business cards and they'd end up in a drawer or lost forever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I make a rule now, I actually put it like, so if I go to a networking thing tonight, tomorrow morning, I'll get all those business cards and I will go into LinkedIn and I will add each one of those people and, and send a message saying it was great meeting me last night. So for me, it's like this catch all, right? So you can go to a networking mm -hmm. event. I know I've gone to networking events and, and, and had a great event, met all these people, shaked a lot of hands. And the next day I'm like, so what? Wait, are we ever going to meet again? I don't even remember half their names. 
that was essentially ends up being nothing. So, so, so that, so LinkedIn for me was a great way to be like, okay, well then, yeah, let's just always connect with every single person I meet at a networking thing. Let's go to LinkedIn, add them, add them. And then, so later, hopefully there's more content I can put on LinkedIn. I haven't yet, but I definitely want to put more out there. Um, where at least then you're hitting all the people you networked with in the past. Um, and Instagram, I'm trying to have that be a catch-all for the creatives, right? So if I meet a lot of designers, copywriters, and other web designers, that's where I'm sending them all the next morning. I'm sending them all invites the, the next day. So so that's almost, it's this weird, I almost think of the social media as like a net for myself because I, I just let stuff kind of slip away. So for me, it's like, well, catch them all in this bucket afterwards so then they can keep going along with you. Right. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's... That's pretty wise. I actually just got like I agree with you completely. Sean, how do you feel about dot cards versus uh, business regular business cards? I, I have both. So I have a dot card in my in my wallet right now, um, and it's just a backup if I don't have business cards. If I run out of business oh, okay. cards, um, I like I like real business cards. Well, first off, I spent way too much money on my original Sean Craig creative business cards. So I just I, in my mind, I'm like I have to get rid of them because they're like. <laughs> They're actually, you know, they're embossed on like a black eggshell, you know, all this stuff. So they're like, so they're really nice cards. So, but those have been nice to like, to like, they're almost like a way to impress people in the moment when they're like, oh, cool. Awesome. It's been great talking. Like, oh, hey, here's my business card. It it does give them this like air of like, oh, you're prepared. Oh, you have a brand. So it gets that legitimacy. I just, just recently, and this took way too long. I actually have them right here. Just got business cards for, for my art. Um, because I had a few things in St. Pete, um, and I guess I'll hold it the right way. Um, but things in St. Pete where I like, you know, I got caught in these kind of networking situations where people are like, we want your art in the gallery. You're awesome. You're amazing. Give us more. And I'm like, I don't have a card here. Take my web design card. And they were just so disappointed. Just the, the pure uh. disappointment on their face. And I couldn't even, I didn't even have a website. I didn't even have an Instagram set up for my art. Just that pure, like, oh, we really wanted to give you the world, but you just weren't ready. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> oh my so, gosh, that's so, so extreme. You just felt that. You just felt that like, oh, okay. They even like took my, my web design card. Like it was like gross. Like, okay, I guess Come I'll on. take no. It's like, yeah. oh, geez. So, so yeah, so I, so now I have a design business card. I have my art business cards, but then, yeah, I always have the dot just in case I gave away all the business cards and it's like my backup. Here's everything. I don't ha- I'm not prepared for this, but here, here's this. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, on that note, like you mentioned your name, Sean Craig creative, and then we have your Trevor creative. So w- mm. what would you guys think about like, um, like naming? Because like you guys have like very similar similar things there. You have the you have the prints, you have the name, you have the the, the school. Um, yeah. Well, first off, I think it's Casker Creative, right? Uh, Trevor, is that your? Uh, I could pull up your website here. Um, See, so you're you're both a little bit right. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the company the company is Casker Creative. Yes. Um, as just like a nice nice accompanying. See, I think that I think what you were. The point you sounded like you were making, Fist, was that we we both would go with creative in the title. Um, I don't know if that was uh, the point or what, whatever, but yeah. So Casker Creative is just you know uh, a way to quickly identify what the company does uh, within the title of the company. And then uh, Trevor Creative was where it started because um, that came long before the Casker Creative showed up. Uh, Trevor Creative was just me referring to myself without any sort of like legal entity or anything like that it was just like my online title of trevor creative um it used to be trevor creative photos as my instagram handle and then i i removed the photos portion of it because it didn't really 
encompass what all I do. So, so, so I guess out of everything, what do you align most with now? Is it, is Casper Creative kind of the the flagship of everything you do? Or okay, mm-hmm. and and so yeah. can you talk talk a little bit about why Casper? I mean, um, why what's what's Casper mean? What's all of that about? So, um, I was you know it was about like five and a half years ago. I was. Uh, deciding that it was time to go ahead and start forming my own company because I felt like I was at that point. Um, And I wanted to come up with a word that was unique and uh, relatively new and not just like some, some, you know, sort of title that would get lost in the shuffle, um, like premier, premier branding or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I wanted a unique word and I wanted to sort of come up with a company name that was, uh, something that I just couldn't quit uh, and give up on in the near term. So I named it after my kids. Um, it's their two names sort of like mashed together. That's so cute. I like that. Yeah. 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 Um, how, how about so, you, Sean, though? What is, what is your creative? What made you choose creative? Because like, I feel so like funny. naming stuff is kind of hot. You know what I mean? You know, I someday I'll have to bring up. I was talking to someone the other day because they gave my new art business card. And they're like, "Oh, awesome! I'll add this to my Sean Craig business card uh, museum." Um, because I, I've had, I have had, you know. So when I go back to, to college, it was Sean Craig Design, um, and it was just I couldn't think of anything else. I remember I even workshopped it, and people were like, "These all suck. Just go with your name." And you're young. You need to get your name out there. You don't have a fan club, so get people to know your name. So I was like, "Okay, fine, Sean Craig Design," and then. And then I don't know what made me go creative after. I think it was because I wanted to get to a higher level, right? Design for me, people kept thinking of just being production. And then when you put the word creative in there, it at least infers that there's more than you just producing stuff, that you're, you're creative, you're having creative thoughts, you can, you can lead creative campaigns. And I've tried to change my name a few different times, but every time I go out to like the world around me and ask people, well, what do you think about this name? What do you think about me? you know, not being, having my name on it, everyone tells me now, no, keep your name on it. It's this kind of badge of authenticity and that you stand behind your products. Um, and cause I've even had other people work on other projects, right? And like, is this awkward to have, you know, Bob working for Sean Craig creative. And, um, the more I've workshopped that people said, no, that keep it, keep it your name. Um, everything else just sounds very corporate, um, and weird as what is kind of like, so I was going to rebrand as pixel and brand. For the longest time, I even I own some of the domains now. I was I was gonna go. I had a full kind of branding proposition. I was gonna even I was gonna put out there, but no, everyone really shot that down. They're just like, this doesn't say anything. So you do branding and you do stuff on the computer. It's almost too generic, too easy. So as of right now, I'm still Sean Craig Creative, um, just because now the name is out there and it's kind of known. Um, so people, so sometimes my name actually is people know my name before they know me, and so. So now I've, I've had it so long, I'm kind of stuck with Sean Craig Creative in a way where people know that more than they know anything else. So, Yeah, so yours is cool. Note, I wish right? I had kids. Maybe when I have kids, I'll have a name. I'll, I'll, call, <laughs> I'll call it after the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the kids part is like really good because like, how do you stay creative with kids and how do you hustle and bustle with kids? You know, it's not easy being a parent, you know, and then like doing all the other stuff on the side, you know, whereas a million and one things changing and to learn. And yeah, can you can you enlighten us a little bit on your dad slash creative journey? Uh, well, I don't think that it has any sort of like a negative impact on uh 
creativity. Yeah. Um, what it has an impact on more than anything is time, and um, and a little bit of like how you are just as a person. Um, so, and the way that all impacts everything else is like the fact that you know it's been months since I've uh, visited you and hung out. Um, it's been a minute. I don't it, even know. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and that's part, and that's like a good chunk as to why is because like I have to sort of like do everything that I have to do, which includes you know working kids into everything like that, and and you know working with their schedule and making sure that we have all the time that we need and everything like that, um, and building the business and doing all the work and blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's, well, yeah, it's like it, it forces you to be more focused, right? Because it's not just about you now. It's not just your time, right? If you waste right. time on a project, you're wasting your kids' time then. So I know that there's got to be that kind of stress of you're not just handling your time. It's like your time ends up being kind of the family's time really too. Yeah, and uh, and it also it's, – so it's present tense and it's future tense where it's like you're having to manage your time, your time and energy in the now, but you're also – um, having to plan and bargain what your what their your future is going to look like and what their future is going to look like based on what your efforts are today yeah. and so, tomorrow. So talking about their future, I guess like what what are you doing with your kids with creativity? Do you do you see that they they you know their their parents are clearly creative? <laughs> so do you see that they do you see the whole thing where they're being the opposite of you or that they're kind of also being creative? Are you coding kind of bootcamp in the background? Write that website. Write that code. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man, that'd be great. Uh, so. So the youngest one is five, and the oldest one is eight, um, and they they're creative in their own ways. Um, my oldest Riker, he um, he's like really good with drawing. I've noticed, so I like to try and encourage him to draw and stuff. And my youngest Casimir, he is a sort. He tends to be more musical. Um, so I've got this guitar behind me and he'll love to come in and like strum the guitar for a while. But I mean, he's five years old, so I can't really like teach him how to like properly like push down on a, a fret, like with how much like pressure that takes. But you know, eventually like he's starting to learn piano and stuff. So creative in their own ways. I don't really know if I'm going to try and push too hard on stuff, but, uh, I love to be able to enable them to be creative in however they see fit. Yeah. So, so how how was your parents growing up? I guess with their creativity, did they? I mean, so for me, my story is my parents. While they they always um, they were always nice about my creativity, they always tried to, to to get behind me on things. They they never really thought of it as like a real thing, creativity. I think I literally mm -hmm. had to I literally had to save them financially for them to finally realize that the thing I was saving them financially with was creativity. So that was years and years into it. So. Um, so for you, what was your kind of journey, I guess, with your parents and creativity? Uh, I would say similar um, because, like, uh, I do not – it sounds like you're in the same boat where you did not necessarily come from creative parents uh, with any sort of creative background. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my mom uh, – my mom's a musician uh, by, by craft, and my dad is just, like, a straight-up, like, uh, broadcast engineer, uh, not a creative at all. And I mean, they've always supported it and been, you know, proud of what I've done and, and, and encouraged me and stuff like that. I think there was that same point though for a while where they're like, not so sure, like how is uh, the creativity gonna pay the bills down the road? 
but I, I mean, I think you know, in 2023, they've they've sort of gotten a better understanding as to how that all works. Yeah, the future is kind of weird because like you can make a lot of money with the internet, and we we talked about like Congress in the beginning, and the older generation just does not know how you can make money with the internet or how things are even working, and. It's kind of weird being like judged by the older generation, let's say, you know, and they're just like, what you going to do with that Instagram, you know, for example, <laughs> what is like, you know, I, what do you think like your parents think about like photography and social media in general, you know, their spin on that? Um, photography, I mean, I think that my, my parents get it. I think they get it to a degree. Um, I've kind of explained to them how, you know, doing certain creative works have initiated certain conversations with people in town and stuff like that. And, you know, once you start those conversations, suddenly you find yourself, you know, having discussions about what things you could maybe do together and stuff like that. So I think they certainly understand how uh, excellent creativity or creativity executed excellently um, can really be beneficial. Yeah. Um, it, I forgot the other part of your question. I think you had another part of your question. Yeah, no, it's just more about like social media and the parents because like oh, it's like a, yeah. it, it's an interesting aspect. Sean, what do your parents think about social media just in general? <laughs> are they are well, they adapt? Are they not adapt? Um, because like we're a weird generation. I feel like you know we're like yeah. right in the sweet spot where we're like we made this, we kind of use it, and we kind of don't want it. Well, you know, I think I, I, I have the kind of a, a fun split, which I think is probably really common, right? Where, where my dad doesn't touch social media still to this day. He just kind of shakes it off. He's like, I've, I've got the news. Why do I need why do I need social media? Um, where my mom, she's kind of that adorable older person now that's that's totally discovered Facebook, is sending me, me links all the time, is memes. doing the old uh, uh, links. Uh, it's a couple of memes, actually. She sent me a couple of memes that's even. She's... But she's she's acting like how we all did when we first discovered MySpace, you know. So she's sending me all the like, if you don't reply to this, then you're gonna die <laughs> sudden death in two years. She's sending me like, oh, that's you dark. know. She's even putting out the thing of like, you know, if ten people reply to this post, I know that I'm loved, and you know. So she's doing oh, everything no. that we did as a kid. So it's kind of funny to see her her own development process, you know, getting into the world. And I'm just like trying to like be very nice, and be like, it's okay, mom, don't believe everything you read, and try not to share too much because we can all see it. And yeah. so it's kind of funny. It's like I'm kind of teaching her and, and trying to guide her through the process. But Trevor, I want to ask you this: so you, so you have kids. You live in this crazy world of AI and all social media and the world of TikTok being a, a manic hole of craziness. Um, mm -hmm. What are you most scared of for your kids going forward? What, what's the thing that you're kind of already watching? Is there anything you're already watching and kind of nervous? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this gets real dark. Uh, I'm, uh, afraid for, I'm, I'm afraid for all various aspects of the future for my kids. Um, we've crossed several Rubicons uh, that we cannot... Uh, pull back from despite people signing a hundred person strong letter. Um, I mean, we're entering the era of uh, complete informational chaos. Um, I think that uh, we're, we're sort of scorching the earth in a lot of different ways and destroying a lot of things and um, really throwing out the future in favor of uh, quarterly dividends. Um, and as we watch the, uh, the onward progression of late stage capitalism that we're just kind of slowly heading toward the ultimate 
uh, self-destruction. But <laughs> see, if we if we do a lot of AI stuff and create a bunch of humanoids and stuff, then we'll just need less people. So we'll just figure out a way to just eliminate a lot of people and make it feel ethical, and and that'll be fine. I just hope just that my future to the humanoids, so you don't need your body. Oh yeah, yeah, and they'll I maybe they'll maybe they'll convince us that with an with using AI, they'll convince you that oh you can just upload yourself to the internet and do away with your body, and then you won't have to pay rent. But then once you actually do that, you're actually just you turned into an AI, but it's not really you anymore. And now we're getting really sci-fi with things. But yeah. I'm just afraid for in general for the future of my kids. I really feel bad for them uh, sitting here in 2023, <sighs> and I hope that I can protect them from whatever is coming. I, I feel like this is like you know we can't romanticize what we did like five years or ten years ago. Like yeah, back in the day, I was like getting one of those cameras and I was actually going places, filming the things. <laughs> and you know, in the future, it's like yeah, nowadays you just have to think about it and it's there. You know, and you know, I feel yeah. like we we can't romanticize our journey of like trying to make a living or you know doing something with passion and. Yeah, where the future is like a little bit different. Do you think, Trevor, that there's going to be, and I don't know if you've seen this, your kids are maybe too young. They're, they're not really in that teenage era where they're going to be really loud and telling you all their opinions very loudly. But um, do you see that there could be a possible mass exodus? I almost feel like we're getting, that's the explosion point, right? That everyone's like, you know what? Who even cares about content? Half of it's not real. And most of everyone's just trying to make money on me with their content. Is there, I, I already have talked to some kids that are kind of like 16, 17 year old where they're kind of anti-social media. They're kind of like, this stuff's stupid. You guys have wasted so much time. I've seen everything from the age of six already on there. I'm, I'm kind of over it. I mean, do you, do you see that maybe being the case that there's like an exodus? That would be like so great. Um, I would be so happy if that was the case because I think that I don't think that the humans were ready for the internet when it came along, and I definitely don't think that we were ready to be all connected through social media. Um, I think that it, it gives platform for a lot of um, it gives platform for a lot of like really toxic uh, conversations to take place. And so, like honestly, if the next generation was just done with it all, I think that would be wonderful, <laughs> and we could get back to just you know having friendships and relationships and talking to each other and 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 stuff like that and not just like shouting at some random stranger on a on a tiktok comment you know yeah. i don't know well then yeah, you'll be out of a job then man i mean I'm well no no, no. See, joking. see <laughs> <I'm just> joking. <laughs> that's, that's the thing i wouldn't be out of a job i would i would be happy that would chop off one uh one sort of um you know avenue of what my company's doing but you know i think that if you're if you're putting all your eggs in one basket which you know a lot of uh, traditional content creators are they're like I'm on this one platform I'm doing this one thing and your numbers might be great but you know there was a lot of vine stars that were doing great um, and they sure had to adapt so you know diverse diversify your approach to business well you just brought brought up vine so I just want to say on our last episode we talked about this I, I we didn't know this either of us but I guess Twitter bought vine way back in the day oh yeah so yeah. Twitter actually owns vine do you see vine maybe coming up all right we take take down TikTok is this Elon Musk's time to rise <laughs> to the top of the the video content world and bring vine back I mean maybe yeah I, uh, maybe yeah I feel like I actually know. like the social media hierarchy will change now after this um congress bill passing or not passing because like 
everybody like apparently there was like a lot of lobbying going on with facebook tiktok is bad yada 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 so i think the whole market is changing already because i think we have the general perception facebook is old and dated and we want something new you know and tiktok was the new thing and now we cannot have tiktok so what is the next new thing you know it might be twitter i, hope, I, I don't hope, know i hope the next new thing is like hanging out with your neighbors uh, you gotta live with those people, though. <laughs> you can't no, swipe right why, or delete know? or unfollow. That's why. That's like. That's like why it's so hardcore. It's like. It's like real and stuff. You have to like make efforts and like, you know, maintain relationships and like care about the people around you and and yeah. not even worry about a uh the little um what is it uh. The serotonin little feed that you get from whatever. like new notifications and comments and shares and blah blah like numbers that like who who cares? Yeah. Well, you know, I almost think it's the gamification, right? I mean, you already see it with video games. You see it with a lot mm -hmm. of things where that's. I know with some of my friends, I they will never talk to me in a chat chat window, but they'll tell me their entire life story over a game of of Overwatch or Fortnite or something. So. Oh wow. So, so I almost feel like some people actually already talk better when they're doing a game. Um, I know Fitz, he kind of his love language is video games too. He's always trying to get me to kind of join him on games, and I'm, I'm sure I could get more out of Fitz in a video game than sometimes I could in conversations because there's just oh, you this could. weird. <laughs> so, so maybe that's the future. I don't know. I keep thinking is you know I, I play D and D, um, so I'm not going to get too down to this rabbit hole. But I know that D and D is doing a lot of stuff now, moving into the digital world, augmented reality, virtual reality. So for me, I almost wonder if like maybe that's the new social media is role playing, right? Are we gonna have like a medieval Facebook and we all go in there and like, hello, my brother, good, good morrow, <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like though on that note, like people need something to connect with, and social media is good for that. You know, like if you're into cars or photography, you kind of you can find your group and your niche and just bound over that you know and we need an excuse to be like hey you're human i'm a human let's be human together you know and it's kind of goofy that we need like that um excuse to hang out with like having similar topics but i think it's a it's a good thing if that makes sense yeah uh, i think that having all these silos um you know in some ways I, I it's just it's just interesting how they're developing because i feel like they're all trying to become catch-alls they all want you to stay on the platform as long as you possibly can. So now you've got uh, uh, Instagram stole the idea of shopping within the app. So what is the what's the, I forgot what's the app over in like uh, China or something where it's like um, literally the entire existence of the internet is just within this app. Uh, Weibo? Um, no, not, I, not Weibo. So, oh. WeChat is called off the WeChat, I think. Is it WeChat? Yeah, yeah. You WeChat, can buy, yeah. send money, mm -hmm. and do social media stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all in there, and I think all the social media companies want to do that because they just want your attention all the all the time. And I mean, the government. I think wants if we just too. continue to give it to the, if we continue to give it to them into the end of the end of the world, then we're sort of just the product, right? Like we just keep feeding them our our time and our energy and our money because they just give it all to us and we just lazily scroll through and see all the ads that they serve us and everything like that. It's just like, yeah, this is I really, really hope our next, next generation kicks it. 
Yeah, it's really funny. I, I feel like, yeah, like our kids and grandkids are going to kick us being like, are you kidding me? So you just posted all of your art into a social media thing that doesn't even exist anymore, but now it's in the AI algorithm. And you gave all of that freely. You also gave all your data freely, your marketing choices, everything, your location. You did all that freely. And we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I kind of did for like 10, 15, 20 <laughs> years. But I'm like, wow, you're crazy. Like, that's that's insane. I just feel like in 10, 20 years, people are going to be like, no, there's you shouldn't share stuff. You shouldn't put it out there without having some protection. And, but we, for like decades, did uh, over likes, engagement, all of these these words that we've learned over years. Now we've given them everything for that. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in general, it's just a thing. And also, like, right now, you can, like, you know, in hindsight, you can go back and you can recreate any moment to insane detail. You got security cameras. You got so much data to reconstruct mm -hmm. reality to a certain degree with, like, factual points. Like, there's so many camera pointing th this place. You exactly know what happened. And I feel like in the future, the data will be, like, even more intrusive like it's so it will be impossible in the future to be private because like there's so many points so many things that collect data even if they're not meant to you know there's like wi-fi's and whatever and yeah i don't know it's a weird future positivity <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so, so to bring it back to a kind of a positive point i guess what what does give you some hope trevor of of kind of the creative future where we are now where we're headed is there anything that's like i guess making you feel feel hopeful i guess for what's coming ahead um yeah i mean i feel hopeful in terms of i think that uh the human brain still has a whole lot of value um, and if you're, if you're able to be the, the center point of somebody turning to for solutions to help them work through their problems, to help them, uh, broadcast who they are, who their company is, what their service is, whatever, if you're just helping them communicate and be that center point, then if you're using the AI tools, great, but you know, having somebody with that creative spirit that can turn these thoughts and these words into communication that actually affects people. I mean, I think our jobs are safe-ish for now, depending on how we adapt and how we how we grow with the given tools that are coming out right now. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. Yeah. Is there also any like um, major things you're working on right now over the weekend or mm -hmm. future mm -hmm. plans where we should be aware of that we should um, watch out for? Um, Did you want to shout yeah. out? Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I actually don't know if I want to say the the organization or the the company. Is it a company? Uh, the entity that I my company landed its first like sort of big project ever, um, like big ass project um, with. Uh, but we're doing it in tandem with another creative agency, um, just kind of like complementing each other's you know services and stuff like that. So that will I'll talk about that more as it goes along uh, but since we're in the early stages it's still like a lot of like planning architecture level stuff um, but yeah that's that's got me really excited it's gonna be a really high profile piece that um, I'm kind of uh, I'm not I don't know if I'm planning on winning awards with it but I'm gonna try um, it's we're wanting to put out some award-winning work so I've already got um, ideas in mind of like where I'm going to enter it into. So now it's just a matter of executing it. That's so without, exciting. 
without saying too much about the project, I guess uh, you did say you're collaborating with another agency. Like, so what, what's your part and what's their part? I guess just very quickly, like what's the. Sorry, I'm watching. I'm watching a UPS car that's going right past <laughs> my car, and appa- apparently, there's not like a lot of room between my car and the car across the street. Um, that had me sweating. Uh, could you repeat the question? I'm so sorry. No, 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 no worries. So, without revealing too much about the project, uh, you did say you're collaborating mm-hmm. with another agency, which I'm always interested in, right? Um, because I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of I, I'm, I'm still fairly new to the whole collaborating with other agencies or the freelancers. You said they kind of complimented what what you kind of lacked, and they and you complimented what they lacked. I guess just let me know what that is. Like, what what did you guys have that they didn't have? What do they have that you guys didn't have? So the some of the strongest things that my company brings to the table is um, higher end photography and uh, and video stuff, and then also like really good like web development. Uh, we have a really like good strong web game uh, design and development and UX experience and all that good stuff. Um, so they're, they're more like the traditional, traditional agency where they, you know, manage these companies and put out their printed goods and, um, you know, manage some of their, uh, some of their web stuff and stuff like that. But, um, but my company and because of my background, we do more like development level stuff. So we're brought in, uh, as sort of the. They're, they're doing a lot of the creative stuff and like kind of making adjustments to like the branding guide and, and doing the style sheet for how this website's gonna look and feel. Uh, and then I'm gonna be doing a lot of like the building, the architecture, the functionality, um, the, the front end, you know, um, SEO kind of stuff, uh, making sure it has a good load time and all that jazz. So, okay. yeah. So they're going to kind yeah. of hold a little bit more of the creative reins and you are going to be, you'll probably get some creativity in this, but you're, you're definitely mm-hmm. handling it more the usability, the functionality, and also just launching, launching it as well. So you're kind of a solutions right. part of the puzzle, which that's exactly. great. Man. That's a cool place to be. I mean, um, cause obviously if it works for this client, one of their clients, why couldn't you not jump to their other clients to help them? So I could see why you'd be very excited to, to knock this one out of the park. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, we're gonna give this one like a really like three hundred percent effort, and That's I, weird. you know, yeah, yeah, I really want to like impress a lot of people with this, and then um, after this, we'll probably start doing more like uh, filling in, uh, applying for more CFPs, call for proposals, mm-hmm. um, for you know small to mid-sized businesses in the area. Nice, nice. Well, that sounds awesome, man. It sounds like you're kind of in this inflection moment of we may be growing. I just gotta hit this thing out of the park and this could really just explode in a lot of different directions yeah yeah so it's like on the one hand i seem like i'm doing content and <laughs> you know just kind of doing this sort of entry-level stuff but it's all part of the bigger picture and that's where like my real heart is and my real energy is well I'll, and i'll say you know what i think you're on the right foot there i mean like i, I so so many of the things that now are paying me money took years to get to this point um and they like mm-hmm. i said they all start from small things um so for me it's like if you were to ask me you know what are all the prospects that you you have i, I would have a hundred i'd have 200 prospects right now um over years and years and years of just like hey man what's up oh cool your kids in school now that's awesome oh sweet man oh you just need this little thing right on man oh no worries no no charge on that holiday card that took me five seconds <laughs> and then you just build that over yeah. years and and then, yeah, you are the first call. So I think I, I get the vibe that you're going to have more of this in your future because it seems like you have that kind of mentality of just helping people first and then getting the business. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, it's taken uh, it's taken a good uh, a good long five years, but I think things are starting to finally head in the direction that I've been wanting for a while. Yeah, business is like a it's a weird thing, you know. Sometimes you have to work in the quiet so that that you make waves, you know. And most of the time, you build something people don't even know you're doing, and then it's mm -hmm. like you gotta but still commit and you gotta do the thing and then just show them, you know. Mm -hmm. And that seems yeah. like what I'm I mean. Really, uh, a largest part of like building your own business is uh, is coming is figuring yourself out, um, because it's like honestly, a lot of those people's opinions as to what you're doing and how you're doing it don't really matter a whole lot. Yeah. It's like, do you have the actual path ahead of you? Are you competent at what you do? Yes, but are you? Is it like a path forward that you're actually able to execute on? I, I think it's going to. Is it going to pay the bills? Super yeah. smart. Super smart what you just said. Do you have a path forward? I mean, it's like any relationship, right? Do you want to be friends with a guy that just, just has no idea what he wants to do and is just kind of lost? Or or do you want to be friends with a guy that's like, hey, no, I have this plan and I want to bring you along for the ride. So I think mm -hmm. it's, you know, that's it's really cool to prove that, yeah, you have kind of this higher vision for things. Because I feel like that's what helps you in those weird conversations where people are like, well, why do you do what you do? And if you don't have a good answer for that, then they're like, well, why should I be part of what you do then? So, so yeah, yeah so that's super big. And yeah, for so like a tip for anybody out there, if you if you're if you don't actually already have an answer to that question, um, one thing that you should do, like at least you know, even if it, you do it on like a yearly basis, is think about where you. And I know this is sort of a trope, right? Think about where you want to be in five years. Um, build that avatar in your mind of what that looks like, what the income looks like, the status, who you're working with, and all that jazz, and then just work it in reverse. So it's like if you're going to start uh, getting to that point, then what is the point that you have to get to before that, and before that, and before that, and what does it look like breaking that down into like, you know, what am I doing this week, next week, next month, and next year to get to that spot that I want to be in five years, and you know. And reanalyze it in, in one year and say like, okay, so here here's where I still want to be. How far have I come? Is there some things that I need to change and do a little bit differently? And you might just find yourself sort of putting one of your main passions on a back shelf because it's not getting you any closer to where you want to be. And maybe you need to switch paths for a little bit. 100%. Such good advice there, man. Super good yeah. advice. I, I need to follow that advice too. <laughs> <laughs> You're Sean. Run down. Hey, me too. Run down. <laughs> yep. All right. So so cut what I love. Okay. okay so wait a second, it. Sean. You're not working on something in the back end that we don't know about? Come on, Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's, that's essentially my tagline is we're doing cool stuff you have no idea about. But... <laughs> but yeah, no, it's yeah. smart though. I mean, you know, I've done the same thing over years, just cutting things out. I used to be like, yeah, I'll do your social media marketing and management. I don't do that anymore. I used to be like, oh, I could also shoot that video. I don't do that anymore. I mean, so mm -hmm. I, I used to be, you know, back if you go to art school, Sean days, I, I definitely was under the impression I can do it all. I can be your full creative agency. And I think it's funny over the years, I've just taken things away. Every year I take another thing away and take another thing away and take another thing away. And my business has only gotten better and better because of that. So, so yeah, so super sage advice, man. But yeah, focus on what you love, even if it means cutting things off of it that well, aren't serving it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I think that was a good podcast. So, um, any closing thoughts? Trevor, I think you just where, got my closing. Where, where can people find you? Thought. Where can people find you? Uh, okay, well, so to actually like 
uh, sort of enjoy my content creation aspect, uh, you can check out trevorcreative.com. Or I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. New website. I do, I do have announcement. I do have a Trevor. <laughs> I do have a trevorcreative.com, but don't don't go there. It's just a website where it's going to lead you to Trevor Creative on like Instagram uh, or even Facebook. Um, but yeah, my company is Casker Creative. You go to caskercreative.com or at Casker Creative on some of those same social media uh, sites. Awesome. Very good. And yeah, I've seen some of your work. It's really awesome. I love, we didn't really get into it, but I love how you play with animations and motion graphics. So, so everyone get on there, check him out, follow him. He does work that isn't boring. It's not like a boring website. It's not like he doesn't, <laughs> he's kind of like me. He starts at things of how do I make this project as interesting as possible, read um, hard as possible, but but how do I make it as enjoyable, unique? How do I tell a story? So yeah, go to Casper Creative because I think I think yeah, that's kind of one of your main magic things that you do is your your storyteller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want I don't want you to be bored when you come check out my work. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, that would be a bad sign. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So thank you for watching the Infinite Creative podcast and Rados Five Sauce Instagram. Whatever, Spotify, YouTube, wherever we are, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, let's yeah have a good one. Yeah, have a good one, everyone. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs>